following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. For just the fourth time in 2020, the Dallas Cowboys get to celebrate a victory Monday. And that's exactly what we're going to do here on Talking Cowboys as Dallas goes up to Cincinnati and takes down the Bengals. 30-7, to the final score in what was most arguably the uh, the most dominant game from the Cowboys' defense this season. They forced three turnovers, all of which in the first half, and they take advantage. And, hey, how about Alden Smith? Alden Smith, a bit of a 50, or excuse me, a 78-yard touchdown return on the scoop and score. Probably my favorite moment of the 2020 season, but we're going to break it down for you, and we're going to talk about everything that happened in that Cincy game and how it relates to the 2020 Cowboys season, maybe even the 2021 Cowboys season as we're here inside the virtual SWBC Mortgage Studios uh, streaming live from the Star in Frisco. It's Chris Bean doing great work in the back. Kyle Yeomans with you. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and then Heckma Harrison officially now a pro and college football mm. analyst. So we have something to celebrate here as Heckma Harrison made his ESPN college <laughs> debut, but now he's back on the pro football <laughs> side of things. But you also, sir, uh, might have won a Christmas tree, I hear. I think a mm. Christmas tree is on the way to your house, right, Isaiah? Yes, um, I am a man of my word. I, I did uh, put out, I, I came at Heckma. I came at Heckma with a bet. Um, it was for you the said interest. It with your chest. I said it my chest and it was in the in the greatest of interest for the cowboys because should uh, my bet have come true um we were definitely um do a, a win but we still got the win uh, even without me winning my bet um which is really the ultimate win because everybody wins that right uh, but heckma as soon as the game was over Andy dalton did not throw for 300 yards he did not throw three touchdowns uh, so you did you did sir win that bet and the tree has been ordered and it will be on your doorstep within days you know what they say? Well, the millennials say this. Don't come for me unless I sin for you. But I appreciate the treat out. <laughs> do, do the millennials really say that? That's a I new think, one for me. But I'm I old. think so. <laughs> I so. I hope so. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. But, yeah, congratulations, Hecma, owner of a new tree. Just so for those of you who may not have listened on Thursday or Friday, uh, the, the bet was that if Andy Dalton threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, that Isaiah would uh, upgrade, upgrade uh, Hecma's tree in the background. Hecma's Heckma, working with his tree. Well, <laughs> Isaiah that's ordered that's the what tree. I get, that's what I get for listening to Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> he did that. Heckma's yeah. uh, tree is being upgraded. And Isaiah, what were the words you told me whenever I asked you how big the tree was yesterday? Oh, I said it, it won't fit in his area. Yeah, he's got to figure that out. <laughs> it's too big. So, was it like a Griswold tree from the damn uh, Christmas vacation style? He's got to, he's, he's got to <laughs> figure it out. Window? He's got to figure it out. <laughs> he bought the tree up at the up at the uh, 
what's it called, 30 Rock and, and Square Up in Dallas. I really, yeah, I really did it just so his wife could side eye him. That's that's really why I did it. So his wife can side eye him when it shows up to the door, like, really heckling, what the heck and is you, this? And, uh, you know, and you know that's what's going to happen, so I yeah. appreciate that as well. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun hooking that tree up. But, Rob, the Cowboys get the 30-7 to win yesterday against the Bengals. Was this the best defensive outing of the season? First of all, I just want to say I was a little nervous getting on with you guys today. Kyle, Heckma, ESPN fame. like I know, right? Me and <laughs> wow. Isaiah are going to be watching you guys like on a Sports Center commercial one day and be like, remember when? Remember when we knew? Hey, Rob, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, happy, that they're, I'm just happy that as of right now, they're still responding to our text messages. You know I, what know. I mean? Stop. I know. Yeah. yeah, they grace us with their presence. Uh, best defensive performance of the season. Uh, yeah, prob- <laughs> probably. I mean, look, they – they forced fumbles on the first three possessions of a game for the first time in 25 years. So, like, mm. that's, that's a big deal. Um, did they leak some yardage? Yeah, they did. It would have been yeah. interesting to see what, uh, what Cincinnati would have done in the first half with their running game, with, with Gio Bernard, if they hadn't turned the ball over every time. Uh, but, look, they came out and did what they had to do. They got ripped all week long for not showing effort at the end of that game against the Ravens with the easy money drive. Uh, by Baltimore, and they came out and, and they showed they showed effort. They got the offense, the ball back, which hasn't happened much this season, and they they kind of silenced some people uh, for a couple days anyway, despite an opponent that clearly is like we figured out the tiers, right? We're figuring out mm-hmm. the tiers. You got the Jets, you got the Bengals. The Cowboys are not in that tier. They're, they're, they're not having a good season by any stretch, but they're above that. And they showed that, kind of like Isaiah said, this is this was going to be one of those battle royale games where, like, when it's two teams that are struggling, uh, one team's probably going to probably going to smack down the other one. And that's what happened. Well, look, let me let me just say this: that the Cincinnati Bengals they out cowboyed the Cowboys in their first three drives. <laughs> that was, you know, those three turnovers is something that we had done uh, previously. It just, I mean, not the three turnovers, but just it just seemed like nothing could get going for that offense. But you're right, Kyle. It did start to look good for uh, our defense, especially when you get Alden Smith running back uh, fumble for 78 yards. I mean, that's just the kind of energy that your defense that has just been getting beat up all year long. That's, that's something to celebrate for those guys. But when you look at the numbers, and I was looking at a, treat, a, a tweet from, from Rob, he's like, look, these guys are on pace. Uh, Cincinnati was at one point to have a 400-yard outing. And so there's still some things in our offense that I believe all of you guys would would agree that we need to to fix, especially, you know, some of those drops by T. Higgins. I mean, he was wide open and hit him and he just boop, boop. <laughs> he couldn't catch it. So but it's a great victory no matter how you look at it. I'm sure uh, that defense, they're, they're celebrating it as well. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a huge huge opportunity for these guys, and they took advantage of it. They went out there, they brought the energy, uh, they 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 tackled well for at least a little bit, um, and they they came and they were hidden. They were flying around and hidden. I know everybody was worried because Wilson, our our designated hitter now, um, in, at least in a football <laughs> term, uh, he was out. He, he was out. He wasn't in the game this uh, for us this week. Uh, so I think we were. I need. I know at least for myself, I was worried uh, whether how physical we were going to be on that side of the ball. But everybody came out um, swinging, and you know, luckily we punched the ball out a few times so luckily somebody the offensive lineman's butt punched the ball out another time and um you know we had uh, alden smith pick up the ball and he worked on his lamaze breathing you know he was out there <laughs> you know he, he, right. you know, he gassed that thing all the way down there so it, you know that was a, the change of the game obviously early on and it gave us an opportunity to get ahead and stay ahead 
Well, and you, one of the other big storylines, Isaiah, and you kind of talked about it yesterday on pre and post game show, but it was Andy Dalton making his return to Cincinnati, and it really didn't seem like he had an opportunity to actually kind of show out. I mean, he managed the game. That's all he's really needed to do uh, in a game like that, but he didn't have the, the opportunity for the big play, didn't put up some incredible numbers, but he just did the right things along the way. What did you think about Dalton's performance and kind of what he brought to the table as he returned up to Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah, he was balling. I know he didn't hit the 300 yards and the three touchdowns like I had bet Heckma, but I think he was on he was on pace for that. Um, I think had they had more opportunities, um, had they not had the lead that they had, you know, um, they tried to run the ball a lot more, obviously to try to run the clock out. But I mean, he was throwing the ball on the on the money. There was mm. balls. I'm not sure how much people pay attention to ball placement, but that's really the different the differentiator between uh, good quarterbacks and great quarterbacks. And he was putting his ball on the money. Uh, the touchdown, the touchdown pass down in the red zone. He put the ball down low, uh, low and away, so that if it wasn't if it wasn't a touchdown, it was going to be incomplete. Uh, There's a lot of other balls that he put over over linebackers, over secondary guys. Um, he was just dropping dimes left and right, and you could see he was focused. But you saw he was focused last week, um, and he just made all the right decisions um, this week for this W. And you could tell how important it was to him, um, especially when you start giving your wife shout outs in the middle of the game. You know, you know, you're feeling good. Oh, he wanted he wanted that one. And apparently Mm -hmm. after the game, uh, teammates and coaches knew he wanted it, too. He didn't make it about himself during the week, but they gave him a water douse uh, in the locker room after the game. They gave him the game ball. And yeah. And, you know, obviously that was an emotional moment signaling to his wife, Jordan. Uh, They, you know, they were a big part of that Cincinnati community. So it had to be weird for them going back. Uh, as the as the opponent, but but Isaiah, you know that that uh, fifteen play eighty eight dr- yard drive that they had for a touchdown in the second quarter. That's that's Andy Dalton's best drive, yep. I think, as a Cowboy. And I right. think he hit he hit five different receivers on that drive. And yep. and we found out pretty quickly that that Cincinnati really couldn't cover Amari Cooper in this game, and and really not Ceedee Lamb either, working from the slot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, their their connection. I, I you, you almost have to qualify this game a little bit, or some people will. Because Cincinnati is a is a bad football team, but they they came out and did what they were supposed to do. It, it was a good performance by the offense. ECMA. No, I just I felt good about the performance. I, I felt like Andy Dalton was poised. I really felt good about what Philbin uh, Moore and Coach Mike McCarthy did as far as setting up protection. You saw them play a lot of cover twelve. You know. Um, uh, 12 personnel um, also just you know putting those tight ends on the same side of the ball also shoring up uh, you know the running game and just make, continuing to move the sticks and and drives you know, I, I really appreciated uh, Zeke and his you know the his ability to continue to move the chains as well I thought they did a really good job of bringing in Tony Pollard with it I know there were some questions about you know, Zeke coming in health-wise, but he did his best, and I think that they saved him uh, by incorporating uh, Pollard, which had he had a few gash runs uh, in there also. But you're right, I mean, he was just serving it around to all of his receivers, except for that one big miss uh, to from, to Amari Cooper. They, and they pan to the sideline, and you could tell both of them when they had those MacBook or uh, the pros, whatever they're, they're holding, and just saying... Microsoft Surface. Microsoft but the Surface... surface yeah, and they just said, look, you missed me right there because that was a sluggo that was wide open. And that could have been the cherry on top uh, for, for Andy Dalton. But either way, I'm sure he'll take the victory the way it was. Yeah, you can really tell. I mean, the way that he ran out of the tunnel, the way that the, the crowd kind of responded, the way the team responded, I think all of those phases were around 14 yesterday. And that's a lot. I mean, for a quarterback who had been there for so long, 
and had been in Cincinnati for so long and then coming back there as a backup that's now the starter. I mean, it's been a crazy year for everybody, but it certainly has been one for Andy Dalton and his family. So that was a lot of fun to watch him get that win yesterday. And uh, I know there's there's a split between Cowboys Nation right now. There's a split almost 50-50 of Hey, let's win. Let's build a culture. Let's try and stay in the division race. Now, we'll talk about the division later on. It may be out of reach at this point. But there's the other half that wants to tank for draft picks and team tank. And let's stay with the number three overall pick. And that's now not uh, in the picture anymore. But with all of that being said, Rob, why was this a win that was a positive thing for the Cowboys? Why was it good that they went out and got the W? I mean, imagine if they'd lost this game. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, think think about the think about the alternate to it, right? Like, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, are look. They it was an interesting week. They got their effort questioned um, by a lot of people. The head coach brought up in the press conference the finish needed to be better in games, and uh, you know, Jerry Jones is on the fan on Friday talking about like I wish I had a do over defensively mm-hmm. in terms of not being so aggressive with the scheme with no mm-hmm. off season. You know, there was a lot hovering around this team, so. It's fun to say, yeah, you know, we lost and we're going to have a higher draft pick, but it's also, could you imagine how miserable this week would be if they lost to the Bengals, who were a win, two-win team that really had nothing going for themselves? Like, you know, that's the thing about it with fans. It's like, and I keep saying this, it's just you, you want it one way, but if it's the other way, you're not happy either. So I, I think this team... After everything they have been through emotionally, too, recently with Marcus Paul passing away, uh, they needed something to feel good about. I know the draft's important. You know what? By the end of this thing, they're going to have a high draft pick, you know, unless they win out and somehow win this division. So, you know, they they needed something to feel good about. And and they got it, you know, for a couple days here. Heckman? I don't. We're at the point where we're questioning wins. You know, you, yeah, you play mean, the. You, you, what Herm said, Herm Edwards said, you play the game to win. Hello, you know, it's like you go out there and you do it. You know, and it's just like uh, for this whole you know sect that believes that this team should just purposely go out to try and lose games that's just not the reality of the sport that we play I know looking at Cincinnati I started to question them yesterday about if they were organically tanking or not uh, with those fumbles fumbles. in the the first quarter I mean (laughs) you can't make this you can't make this stuff up right Uh, but it's just, you know, to, to me, I felt as far as the defense was concerned, they needed that. Our offensive line that's been, obviously, you, you, it's been journaled. They've been decimated by offense, they, by, by injuries. They played well together. I mean, although they gave up two sacks yesterday, you could tell that they were, those max protect and a lot of the things that they were doing to keep Andy Dalton upright were working for this offensive line. I mean, and again, defensively, our defensive line with, with uh, Tank Lawrence, I, I believe that he was the one that set the tone for the whole game, just with yes. the energy that he brought. He played different, you know, he just played a different game and he was sound, fundamentally sound, doing all the things that you have to do to, to play winning uh, football and defense. They, 
Look, man, they shored up a lot of the things that we had saw that they were doing wrong in the running game. Although they were giving up some yardage, they were not giving up those big chunk plays like we had seen them do in Baltimore, right? And so, although when the one big chunk, uh, the, I guess it was a touchdown in the third quarter, I believe it was, it was uh, negated by a holding penalty, thank God, uh, on Jalen Smith. But still, I, th- I felt good about, about the defense. And my man, Antoine Woods, Mr. I will, I will dive on any pile, number 99. <laughs> Macho man Randy Savage off the top rope, baby. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, man. It's just 2020 in a nutshell. It's it's him, Antoine Woods, diving on a pile, bro. That was yeah. my, that was so funny. That was, that, awesome. uh, that was, that was so Brian Dawkins funny. right there. Another Brian Dawkins shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weapon X. He actually retweeted me last night. I think I mentioned it like off the top rope, and he, he gave me a Randy Macho Man Savage gif last night. That's what's up. <laughs> he enjoyed himself. That was good. Yes, he did. That's awesome. That is good. Isaiah, what do you think about the Cowboys scenario here? Uh, I mean, for the people that are out there hoping that we lose so that we can have a higher draft pick, y'all can miss me and the Cowboys for, for that matter. Um, there's there's no there's no true competitor that losing on purpose ever crosses their mind. Mm-hmm. Just not a not a not even a part of it. So if that's in your mind frame, if that's okay with you, if tanking, um, losing on purpose, um, losing for position, oh games going out of hand, we might as well shut it down. If that's even in your blood at all, you're not a competitor. I'll, I'll call you out directly. You are not a competitor, and that's it. You're, you know, you're not even in the same conversation. So. For everybody else, um, you go out there, you, you bust your butt, you give it all that you have, um, and you hope that your best is enough. And that's what you do every single day, every single week, um, whether you're showing up for practice, whether you're showing up for film, whether you're showing up for the weight room. It doesn't matter. Every time that you have opportunity to give a, give your 100% effort, that's what you do. I um, mean, when you step on the game field, you hope that it's enough to get you wins, um, and it was enough this week. So uh, shots out, you know, hats off to the Cowboys, and hopefully they can win this thing out. Kyle, it really is a uh... – it's a fan dilemma. It's not a team mm-hmm. dilemma. It's yeah. it's it's something fans struggle with. You know, like I'm a I'm a lifelong Mavericks fan. Okay, and there were a couple years ago where they were bad, and I'm pulling for them. But after they win a game they shouldn't win, I'm thinking, mm, that was that good? They can't. They can't. Maybe they <laughs> maybe they, maybe they don't get Luca now, and they wound up with him or whoever. You know, but yeah. it's a it's a fan dilemma. Like like Isaiah said, you know, and I mean I'm watching this game yesterday, and they're down to. They're like their fifth and sixth quarterbacks, cornerbacks of of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Deontay Burton, Savion Smith, yeah. Rashad Robinson out there, and I'm thinking, tank this, man. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they they, they were having to go d- so deep in the bag because of injuries this year. Um, it's just not a reality. Not to mention, like, from a player's perspective, there's a lot of guys that are coming up to be free agents. They're trying to play as best as they can, put the t- best tape on they can, yeah. regardless of, of team goals. Yeah. That's number one, but that that's you know for their career as well. It's just a, it's just it's fun to talk about, but it's not a reality for for NFL football teams. And actually, you know, Mike McCarthy referenced after the game that he really thought his first year in Green Bay, the way they finished, it carried them to you know over into the offseason next year, and they, they built on it. I, Isaiah, I don't know if that's something you've experienced, but, you know, because it's months down the road, but that's what he thinks it can do for a team if they play, like, yeah. complimentary football like this and actually play well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and you you mentioned it, and I'm you guys know I'm pretty doggone black and white. Everybody says there's no I in team. That is B to the S. 
there's always there's an I before team because without an I there is no team. So so um, guys are out there playing for their resume. Guys, you have so many years to get to this level. You spend heck, what, what, how old were you when you started playing football? Uh, seven. Seven years old. So you spend you know from the, from about fourteen years, right? <laughs> yeah. Fourteen years of your life for uh, for a career that might last anywhere from hopefully a year <laughs> yeah, up to right. fifteen years on the top end for some of these guys, yeah. right? Depending on your position. Right. Uh, so you're spending fourteen years for opportunity to play. You know, call it five years. Call it five yeah. years, right? So you think these guys are really concerned about the team first? Let's be real, fellas. Let's be, let's, let's be honest. It doesn't sound good, whatever. This is the truth. So when you guys are talking about going out and tanking, you're asking these guys to go out there and, and pretty much just, just wipe mud all over their resume. No, they're not no. going to do that. Guys are going to go out there and play their butts off because they want the next opportunity, whether that opportunity comes in the form of a contract extension or whether it comes in the form of another opportunity with another team. No matter what, what you put on film is your resume. That is your that's your calling card. So that comes first. And while while I'm taking care of myself, oh, yeah, I'm also a part of this bigger picture, which is a team. And when we all do that collectively, we go out there and we put out good performances. So when you talk about, you know, what Coach McCarthy's talking about, yeah, he wants to go out there and, and, and these guys to play well because now he has an idea, what am I looking at for next year? Do I want to keep this guy? Does he work hard? Is he tanking? Is he is he yeah. is he low is he loafing on plays on plays where even I know he can't even get to the play? <clears throat> Xavier Woods is he still giving one hundred percent effort? Right. So those are the things that everybody is watching. And when you go to camp, they're watching everything you do. They're watching who you're conversing with. They're watching who you're having lunch with. They're watching how hard you watch film. Are you taking notes when you're in the meeting room? Are your eyes heavy? Right. Are you like, all these things? Everything is monitored. So. Yes, they want to go out there. They want to take care of business. And if you're not doing that, you're probably not going to be around next year. And if there is a silver lining to all this this season, the injuries, it's that Mike McCarthy has gotten a look at guys that maybe not Absolutely. would have played that much, no uh, yeah. if not for injury. Uh, I think if fans, wa- I don't know if fan- fans aren't asking them to try to lose games. I think they're tra- it's it's a you know let's look at all the young guys we possibly can. Well, th- for the most part, they're already doing that. There's only a few guys <laughs> On that accident. haven't. You know, yeah. it's Ron, it's Rondell I'm still Carter. Upset, Rob. I know it's I'm Bradley and I, Rondell Carter, up until yesterday being active. Uh, Reggie you know, Robinson. Fr- Reggie Robinson, Francis Bernard, and that's mm. that's really about hey, it. Now, I hey, mean, Rob- if they, there's fans that may want Danucci to play quarterback because oh, that would get you know whatever. <laughs> hey, Rob, but, what is what is Reggie Robinson? What is, what has to happen in order for him to be on the field on defense for an extended period of time? Like honestly, does this does I, have to go put a helmet on first or like what? <laughs> No, no. Let's let, let's let's keep it real. You know, there's. I feel like you know, Obviously, there's something going on for Reggie Robinson not to have been on on, on defense because I, I see guys. Jeez. I see guys. I see guys that I'm saying, okay, well, we couldn't have got that from Reggie Robinson. You know, yep. that 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 effort. But again, I, I'm going to stay out of that part because I know that that's the coaches making the evaluation <laughs> but I gotta but I gotta ask you guys something and, and and Isaiah I'll ask you this right all right there there seemed to have been something that changed through the week and I know we don't get an opportunity to watch practice yeah. you know but this team was a little bit different they played with and, and granted they played the Cincinnati Bengals I'm just talking about from an energy level from a personnel level from just a scheme uh from the way that they you know went out there and, and the energy that they showed it seemed to me like this was a team that had a, a, a good week of practice. There were some things that may have changed with the defensive line. They may have went to half-line drills, inside drills. Something changed because I saw that these guys just played a lot faster in the scheme. 
You know what? Heck, that's a great point. I, I hope. And I'm gonna say I hope. I hope that they that they did have a great week of practice. I hope that that they had some meetings around the effort thing, and that they, they came to, came together and decided that they're gonna go out there and yeah. give it everything, right? And go balls yeah. to the wall. I, that's my hope. Um, also, my hope is that they didn't identify Cincinnati as a lesser opponent, and all of a sudden you get the kind of the big dog on the playground role, right? Just like, oh yeah, yeah. every now I'm the big dog. I've been getting bullied, but now I'm a bully. You, I, I yeah. hope that's not the mentality. You know, my after you know the day before the game, I went to go watch my daughter play in a tournament, soccer tournament, and they you know they got their butts kicked by one team that that they faced in the past that was a pretty tough team and then they came back later on that night and they played a team that was that they played before and that they beat before and they knew was was a lesser opponent and all of a sudden here they go they're all over the field and they're playing hard and all that and i'm like is it because they just needed one game underneath their belt or is it because they knew that they were better than this team so i i think we have to wait around for one more week to find out what that was but basing off of the baltimore game i feel as if they had another good week and that they built upon the previous uh, previous week and they did get that win, 30-7, to seven, the final score. And it was, I mean, it was high energy from the offense. You talk about the defense and what they were able to bring juice-wise up front. I think it was something that the Cowboys can build on moving into the final three weeks of the season. You got San Francisco coming up on Sunday. They're coming off a loss to Washington. And you got two divisional games to round out the season against Philly and then New York. So there's a lot of positives to take from this game. But what happened with some of the negatives? And did the majority of the negatives... Circle around 5-4 and 5-5 on the defensive side of the football. We'll talk about that next when we return here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico's. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Back here on Talking Cowboys on a victory Monday following the Cowboys 30-7 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And with Essilor lenses, you will see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor, as always, here on DallasCowboys.com and Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. I got to get me some Essilor lenses. I'm tired of these old glasses. I need some new mm. ones. I got to give me some Essilor lenses. Just want to throw that out there so I can wear them on pregame and postgame and everything else in between. We'll but, work on that. Yeah, we'll we'll get something. Well, come done, on, right? Pete. <laughs> Rob Rob P Island is is doing work over there, making sure that that we're all taken care of. But always. All right. So the Cowboys got the win, and it was a dominant win. And the Cowboys, of course, take down the Bengals thirty to seven. But there were some negatives. We talked a lot about the positives, but I do want to spend a couple of moments here to see what the Cowboys need to fix going into Sunday's matchup with San Francisco and then moving forward the final couple weeks of the season. So, Isaiah, I'll start with you. What did you see yesterday that stuck out as something that the Cowboys have to turn around? I'm going to go right back to them linebackers, man. That second level, these guys were not where they're supposed to be or maybe they are where they're supposed to be and then they jump out of where they're supposed to be um there is there i know there's one play per, um in particular where where lve just i just i don't i don't understand it uh he was in the hole the fullback came at him like like old school right like you're talking about daryl johnson and freaking uh uh ken norton right just in the ISO. hole. Right? Yeah, just ISO. ISO. Boom. Like, once he coming at you, you know this is it's on. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And, and LVE looked at him. He said, yeah, yeah. And then he ran around him. And he ran around the opposite hole. He was in the A gap originally, about to go head up with a fullback. Ran through the B gap. Ran back around the offensive lineman. Came around and, and, t- and tried to grab him by the ankles. And I just looked at that. And I'm like, where's the physicality? Where's the physicality? You're jumping around holes. That's not what you do as a linebacker, especially a team that's that's running the defense we're running, um, where we only have a couple of linebackers in the game anyway. You have to be physical. We rely on you to be that. Um, so I was still disappointed in, in that play and, and others that I saw, uh, him and Jalen. They have to figure it out, man. They're more physical than that. They're 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 more aggressive than that. They showed flashes yesterday. They did show some flashes of what of what we saw a couple of years ago when they were running around and you saw the guy swipe in and, and, and howling. Um, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Isaiah. I call one of my old coaches called it the matador technique. When you <laughs> oh, when you olay, <laughs> the olay technique, man, you don't want no parts of it. And I don't know what that was about because if he would have been able to make that tackle based off they could just send him straight to the hall of fame if that's how he's going to do it for the rest (laughs) of his career but i mean there was a lot of things i mean when you talk about our our secondary and just guys playing where they're being where they're supposed to be and obviously with the injuries and all of that you kind of you know you you hesitate to be overly critical but these guys are professionals they're being paid to play this game so I saw a lot of that. It's still in the secondary where these guys are taking bad angles. Uh, Xavier Woods, uh, look, I don't know uh, what his strong points are for the coaching staff to continue to keep starting him, but I just feel like when when it comes down to attacking the line of scrimmage or at least attacking uh, to to tackle someone, he just doesn't have it. He's kind of in a – he's catching, basically. Uh, But when it comes down to to guys like Jay Lou, I thought he played a a little bit better. I mean, he he was aggressive besides the one where the guy gave him a little shoulder and launched him off of him going out of bounds. Uh, but 
linebacker-wise, linebacker-wise, you know, the guys definitely, uh, they didn't, that wasn't their, their best work. And when you say the eye in the sky, don't lie, that's something that they got to go back to today and look at the way that they performed, especially with running around those blocks. Yeah, uh, I think I think Cincinnati had almost uh, almost 200 yards at halftime. You know, they were yeah. on pace for a lot of yardage. Uh, they beat themselves in a lot of ways. So um, you got to look at that side of it with the defense. But I, I thought the way that they fought through uh, a lot of injuries in the secondary and were able to get off the field in some fourth down situations in the second half, that, that was impressive. Uh, if there's a concern for me, I'll flip it to the offense, Kyle, and just say, you know, while the offense looked good, Andy Dalton had a really good game. Uh, and they grinded out yards. They, they they were able to kind of manage the game because they actually had a lead. You know, we haven't yeah. seen that too often. Uh, but you know, they're still having problems in the uh, in the red zone. You know, two of four in the red zone. And I know people on Twitter were questioning Kellen Moore's play calling down around the two yard line with two straight passes instead of give it to Zeke. Well, they've had trouble in short yardage, and, and it was also other parts of the game trying to pick up runs, uh, first down, running the ball. So I think they missed Zach Martin a lot. Um, and, you know, you know, we'll see where they are with the playoff race. It's looking thinner and thinner, uh, dimmer and dimmer. But, you know, to try to win the rest of these games, they can't just continue kicking field goals. You know, that's been too much of a problem, especially coming off of turnovers. You know, they just aren't able to capitalize and, and score touchdowns. And uh, I think a lot of it is due to being banged up on the offensive line, not getting that push that they need. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the big things for me yesterday was the fact that Zeke ends up with 12 carries for 48 yards. I mean, he and 26 of those were on one run. He had that one big 26-yard run, and the rest of the time, I mean, it was one, two, three yards. And I, I, I asked this question yesterday on postgame because Nate Newton was talking about the, the, the three, four yards in a cloud of dust type of mentality whenever it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. And normally... He's going to get you those yards. He's going to get you three. He was going to get, get you four. If you need it, he's going to get those yards. But lately, it hasn't been as automatic as it has been for the, the entirety of his career. But if that's the only thing he can do well now, then isn't that a big worry for you? Because I saw that against a bottom four rush defense of Cincinnati yesterday where they just couldn't uh, get the run game going for the Cowboys. But you've got a bottom four offensive line and this uh, and I understand that that, you know, the great Nate Newton says that three yards in the cloud of dust. That's a mentality that I feel like a lot of teams don't incorporate. Maybe Tennessee does because of the kind of running back mm -hmm. that they have. But if you look at, you know, Zeke over the last five years, his numbers are trending down. And you're talking about a guy that's had uh, a ton of carries and a guy that's also now dealing with some injuries. So, look, I, I think we can ride him on that. He did that, that one run that you're talking about. We broke off the 20 yard, over 20 yards. It looked good. It looked like vintage Zeke. And then it went right back to, you know, guys crowding the line of scrimmage and taking him away. You got to understand that teams understand that how, how hard, how bad our offensive line is, and they can crowd the line of scrimmage and take certain things away. And, and they're, they're taking away one of our main weapons, and that's Zeke Elliott. So, I mean, as much, he's going to take the brunt of the criticism on that, but we really have to come back to 2020 and look at the, what teams have done against us to nullify his impact. No, you said it, heck. I mean, we, our offensive line is where it starts. You could have, I mean, just just think about think about some of the greatest running backs that ever played. 
and think about what, what they would have been without a without a solid offensive line. You know, this 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 Cowboys offensive line is not what it was once, and it's definitely not what it is with this current roster. Um, you think about guys like Barry Sanders, right? In my eyes, Barry Sanders is a goat. Barry Sanders was able to make crazy amount of yardage even with the offensive line that everybody would rate as subpar right um he's not that type of running back you know zeke's not that type of running back zeke needs a line that creates some holes for him and then once he gets through the line of scrimmage then he'll make some things happen um but he's not this this willing deal shake you up you know what i'm saying give everybody the mcnasty and then take off for 70 yards that's not him he's not tyreek hill um so we have people have to stop setting their expectations that way until this offensive line gets back to where they once were don't expect too much out of Zeke in that regard. He's still consistent when he gets past the line of scrimmage. He's still falling forward. He's still running cats over. He's still doing those things. Um, no, he's not. No, he's not breaking for forty yards. He's 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 got a couple years under his belt. Yeah. Now, I but mean, is he being worth the ninety million con- ninety million dollar contract he's been given? Because I think that's the biggest worry. Sure, he does things right. He does these little things good along the way, but. Whenever it comes to the money he's being given, he's not being paid to be a, a, a subpar or below average back. He's being paid to make plays and change the game and be elite. But, but, and, and that's so, not so my, necessarily so my question. So my question is, who's, who's calling him subpar or below average right now? The things that Zeke does well, he still or, does well. Or he's even still, average. He's still, or well, even saying, average. But, but I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is, people are asking him to be Superman right now when that's never been his style. But that's his what style, his contract his, says. His contract says do what you kept doing, which was run behind this great offensive line, and when they get through the hole, run some cats over and make some dudes miss. That's what his contract says. Not, not all of a sudden, oh, now you're playing with the third, third, third string offensive line. Now we need you to become Barry Sanders. No, that's not in his contract. That's not, his, that's not in his contract. His contract is to be the same consistent running back he was, and he can only be that if he has an offensive line that creates those gaps for him. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, I, I just wanted to mention, I know it's it's a five-man offensive line, but I think Zach Martin really does. His absence is felt. It's huge. You know, it, you know I, just looking at when he missed the Washington game with a concussion, they had 83 rushing yards. He came back for three straight games, 133, 144, 180 against Minnesota rushing. And then he mm-hmm. goes Impact. out. Yeah, he goes out against Washington <laughs> right on, uh, on Thanksgiving. And... Uh, 60 yards, 111 against Baltimore. You know the line just has not been as as uh, you know physical and and dominant up front without him, and he, that's why he is arguably the best guard in the league, maybe a top two, three offensive lineman in the entire league. They really miss him. Not to mention what they've been missing already this year. That does affect Zeke. I mean, I, I thought Barry Sanders too, Isaiah. Like that's Barry Sanders made something out of nothing throughout Absolutely. his career in Detroit, mm-hmm. but you know. Every great running back still needs still needs the best line yeah. possible to make things happen. My, my my argument, Rob, is this: and whenever this conversation comes up around Barry Sanders, so since we're talking in the context of like Zeke, if you took Emmitt Smith, no disrespect to Emmitt, Emmitt's amazing. If you took Emmitt Smith and put him on Detroit back in the day, what would Emmitt have been? Oh, Maybe not Emmitt. Mm-hmm. He would have been the all-time leading rusher. Hey, hey, you know? same, same, Maybe not hey, Emmitt. Same person, right? Same capabilities. Yeah. Different situation because of what the offensive line presents you. Now, do the opposite. If you take Barry Sanders, an elusive running back, right? I, 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 I play a playmaking running back. Put him with the Cowboys offensive line at that time. Does he have the same stats as he had in Detroit? Now, I got some for you. I got some for you, Isaiah. So, and, and people that are down on, or that are down on Zeke, 
if you put Zeke in Kevin Stefanski's offense in Cleveland, then mm-hmm. you get the Zeke that you exactly. had back in 2016. Exactly. And so you're not you're not having these same questions. And, and the thing about his contract is he earned his contract. He earned yep. it based off of the carries and the yards and all of that. And, and I understand it, it's really hindsight to turn back and say, oh, well, look, you're not what you used to be and not give credence to what he has to deal with to create all of that. So, I mean, look, after 2020 and we come back over the, and look at the totality of this season, there are going to be a lot of things that you have to, a, a criticism that you have to sit back on because of the way that this offensive line, those injuries that they've had to deal with. So, I mean, it's easy to critique and judge Zeke, but then you got to look at everything, man, before you, you come up with that conclusion. And I Very get it. So. I, I get it, Kyle. I mean, look, the 26 yard run, look, he hasn't had those 20 yard runs. And that's, that mm-hmm. opens up to criticism. Um, because he got more of those his first year or two in the league than he has now. But um, I, I just think when you get your, your entire offense healthy and he's healthy, uh, I, st- him. I, I still think he's a productive running back for you. Yeah. yeah. I think it is something that you have to look at, though, whenever it comes to this offense. And, and of course, the offensive line plays a massive factor. I'm not disagreeing there, but... I think just whenever it comes to the contract and what it says, yeah, it says be consistent, but consistency right now has been below what his consistency was whenever he was playing earlier. And yes, like I said, the offensive line has has a big deal uh, in, in playing a role in that. All right, let's take us our second break. We're running a little bit long, so when we come back, we'll wrap things up and we'll look ahead at the NFC East and just what the road looks like for the Cowboys should they try and win out and go to the playoffs when we return here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection. And Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Final couple minutes here of Talking Cowboys. And, of course, whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys, working out, or maybe even watching highlights or trading those DraftKings fantasy players with those quiet comfort earbuds, you'll experience audio at a whole new level from Bose. Make sure and go check out your Bose quiet comfort earbuds, much like, heck, my Harrison is rocking as always. I got my Bose quiet comfort headphones on. These are the headphones. Got the big over-the-ear ones. I don't have those those earbuds. I wasn't fancy enough to get those, but love my Bose, uh, and, and we use them all the time here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico, Kyle Yeomans, Isaiah Stanback, Heck Harrison, and the great Rob Phillips. And Well, guys, uh, it doesn't look good whenever it comes to the NFC East anymore. We got to week 15 before we said, oh, well, the Cowboys are in a bit of trouble. Uh, even though they, they are still sitting at 4-9, and nine, they got the win yesterday. But the big reason why they are still in a bit of trouble is that Washington also got a win. They've now won three straight. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Steelers. Then they took down the 49ers. And they are sitting at six wins right now with a uh, two-game lead in the division and with three games to play. So what does that mean for the Cowboys? It means if it, Washington wins one more game and the Cowboys lose one more game, then the Cowboys are eliminated. Actually, either or. One of those two one things two, has to yeah. happen. One of those two things has to happen. Not an and. It's no more ands. It's basically Cowboys have to win out. Washington has to lose out in order for the Dallas Cowboys to win the division and go to the playoffs here in 2020. So what is the message Heckma, whenever it comes to Mike McCarthy and this coaching staff moving into these final three weeks of the year when the division looks the way that it does. So I'm going to talk in coaches speak right now. And they always say, control what you can control, right? So that's that's going to be the mantra in Frisco at the star. Control what you can control. Do what you can do and prepare uh, for every week like it's your last. And that's what this team has to do. When If you watch the Washington football team and also the Giants game, you know, the Washington football team and their defense, and oh my God, Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year. If you don't vote for that, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I don't think that the Giants are what we thought they were going to be, but the Cowboys, if they have any hope, like you said, they have to win out, and looking at Washington's schedule, uh, man, it's hard-pressed to see uh, that they can't win, at least against the Panthers. Rob? I just keep playing hard. You know, you're not out of it yet. Uh, it's not looking good, obviously, but um, you know, I, I said it earlier in the show, and it's not it's not 2010. You know, it's not the same situation as, as when they started one and seven, and, and Jason Garrett took over for Wade Phillips, and and they basically you know put everybody on notice and said we're evaluating for next year. It's not that you know Mike McCarthy is is established as the head coach, but I think he's still trying to get that foundation laid down for next year. So uh, they need to spend the last four weeks of the season you know evaluating guys and seeing who fits you know especially defensively they have so many questions to answer defensively and what they're going to look like scheme wise who's going to be part of the defense and uh and so i think it's very important to see how guys perform and and have guys play well so they can make that decision afterwards because there's going to be change on that side of the ball in terms of personnel um with guys leaving through free agency and and they've got to see if if the scheme they have works you know what what they want to do going to next year no, Heckman took me took it right out of my right out of my mouth, man. When he said, you know, control what you can control, um, you know, I, I would tell the guys, control what you control, and the eye in the sky don't lie. That's mm-hmm. it, you know. What what you what you put on the field that is your resume. So whether it's for you, whether it's for this team, it's, it's important. So go out there and do what you can do. 
And with the final three games on the schedule, they're all three winnable. You can win against yeah. San Francisco, New yeah. York, and Philadelphia, even though Philadelphia looked pretty good yesterday Jaylen. Uh, with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. I mean, they looked solid. I mean, that's kind of what we expected whenever Carson Wentz was benched, but I'm not going to go there whenever it comes uh, to the, the Philadelphia Eagles. But these are winnable games, and, and whenever it comes to the Cowboys overall, four wins compared to seven wins, even though for draft nuts – you don't want to hear that. You want to hear the four wins, top ten pick. But if you finish seven, tell me this right now. I mean, if you finish seven and nine with what you've had to work with and what your team looks like right now completely in shambles, you cannot tell me that's a fantastic coaching job. You cannot tell me that this coach did extra work and put in extra work to get to that point and to make something happen moving into 2021 that you can be positive about. I don't care uh, about the draft picks at that point. If you're winning seven games this year, you've got a lot to be happy about, and you've got a lot of excitement going into 2021 when you get all these guys back. And I think that's something to, to think about here in the final three weeks of the year. But it's going to be certainly something to look for. The Cowboys got to build on this 30-7 to win over the Cincinnati Bengals. But that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We'll be back to Tomorrow, 9.30, we'll continue looking backwards at the Cincinnati game. We'll take a look at the tape, and we'll start looking ahead a little bit as the San Francisco 49ers come to town this Sunday. But for Heck Harrison, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback, and back at the star, Mr. Chris Beam putting in the work. I'm it's Kyle Yeomans saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!